Good evening and welcome into Hoopsville on a Sunday evening. Hope you uh, have enjoyed your weekend so far and the early start to the Division Three basketball season. I'm your host, Dave McHugh, and we hope you uh, have found some time to watch us live. If not, we enjoy your company on demand as well. Of course, you may be listening to us on the podcast, and if you are, we thank you for doing that as well. Uh, busy weekend. want to congratulate the 32 basketball programs or basketball football programs that are playing in the NCAA tournament announced earlier this evening. Um, you can certainly find more information at d3football.com. Also want to congratulate the, what is it, 32 foot, uh, soccer programs that are still playing. 16 on both the men and women's side as they make their way to Greensboro, North Carolina. We forgot to mention uh, their tournament last Sunday having started. Um should be a lot of fun in both those terms. Of course, field hockey's underway, volleyball's underway. Lots of good things going on in Division Three. We can't even name all the fall sports, as certainly fall is one of the busiest. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. Join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hoopsville. Lots of ways to interact with us. We hope you'll take advantage of them all in some way, shape, or form. Lots to talk about this evening, and we will try and break it down as best as possible. Certainly talk to a bunch of guests and certainly talk to a number of people um, you're, we're interacting with on the show. As always, we're coming to you from the WBCA and ABC studios, and we appreciate your time uh, and patronage of them. And also want to thank D3Hoops.com as well. By the way, um, D3Hoops.com Twitter is temporarily down right now. I don't know if Pat wanted that to be public, but we're making it public in case anybody's curious why uh, maybe some of the things aren't happening that we normally uh, would have this weekend with that. So there's your reasoning, uh, believe it or not. Um, all right, so let's talk. First and foremost, season got started officially on Thursday. We had a pre-taped show, and I will get it out of the way and just get it done with now because probably the last time we'll mention it this season. Congratulations to my alma mater men's basketball program for winning its first game since 2016-17 season. Um, they got a win over Valley Forge, did Goucher. It was nice to be on hand for that. Uh, still a long season ahead. But we also had some upsets in Division Three basketball already. Johns Hopkins lost uh, a game this weekend. Roanoke College in men's basketball lost a game this weekend. I think we're going to see some parity. Have we said that before? In Division Three, so no surprise there. But nonetheless, uh, interesting just the same. It's... Now, if you're looking for polls, by the way, we won't get one till I think it's – I can't remember if we're going to vote next week ahead of Thanksgiving, which we have in the past, or we will vote um, the following week. I actually can't remember. Um, but nonetheless, we're up and running. Um, we'll have that going soon enough. All right, so guess that we'll have tonight two teams that have not even played a game in top five, speaking of top 25, both number five programs. We'll talk to MIT and St. Thomas, MIT men, St. Thomas women, about their programs, about this slowish-ish start. And then we'll talk to uh, a former All-American, two-time All-American, who is now a head coach of a Division three program. Um, like Cummings men's basketball coach, Mike McGarvey will join us. Um, other news that made 
headlines today, for lack of a better description. Of course, if you went to D3Hoops.com, you would have seen it. Glenn Robinson, the uh, winningest all-time coach in Division Three, out of uh, Franklin and Marshall, has announced, well, the school has announced, that he is taking an indefinite leave due to medical reasons, apparently recovering from a, 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 a respiratory illness. You may remember he had a... Um, a leave, I think it was like early January last year. I checked. It seems to be the same um, reason, uh, same type of illness. Certainly don't want to say same illness, but same type of illness. It uh, it popped up apparently recently. Um, Coach Robinson, no surprise, tried to make a go of it. Could not. I have a feeling we spotted him not on the sidelines last year before we learned he may have been out. This year, they sent that release out before their game today against Albright, a game in which they won, by the way. Um, but we, we certainly wish our best to Coach Glenn Robinson. We wish him a speedy recovery. We hope to look forward to and hope to see him back on the sidelines. I, it does not sound like this is overly serious. It's just, let's be honest, bad timing of the season. He wants to be 100% when asking 100% from his team, and he's not able to do that, so he's He's taking a break to allow his body to recover. Coach Glenn Robinson's no spring chicken. Let's be honest. I'm no spring chicken. Uh, so certainly um, illnesses can take the best of you when you get older. And, and, and certainly that's the case here, I suspect. And, and thirdly, it's just do smart. You know, why, why risk it? So uh, out for, we'll see. They missed two games, I think it was, last year too early to say how many games he might miss this year. I don't remember how long he had been ill prior to him deciding to step aside last season, so I can't even gauge the time necessarily in this case. Uh, but we send our best to Glenn Robinson and the FNM program. Again, they got a win today, so I think we're probably in, in okay shape. So for those of you watching on Facebook, thanks for tuning in. Just found out we hadn't started our YouTube stream. So the YouTube stream is now up and running. Sorry, folks. Uh, welcome into Hoopsville on this YouTube show. <laughs> it's a matter of buttons. We have to press in every different situation, about 10 of them. So if you're just joining us on YouTube or you're just watching us on demand, welcome to the show. We'll quickly recap on YouTube some of the things we talked about. First and foremost, Glenn Robinson for Franklin and Marshall out indefinitely due to a medical uh, issue. He's ill with a chronic respiratory or I should say a respiratory issue. I don't know if it's chronic. He did miss last year's um, a portion of last year's season, about two games or so uh, due to a similar illness. Uh, it apparently cropped up recently and he's uh, he's on the mend. Uh, he wanted to make sure he had the best um, foot forward, as it were, he expects the most out of his team. He wants thus to be the most out of him. So he's taking a break. We wish him the best. I don't think there's an overly big concern there necessarily, but we are, we're happy to see he's uh, feeling better or well, will be feeling better, but you know, thinking of himself first and foremost. But we'll maybe talk about this a little bit more at the end. Of course, some upsets as we got out of the slow start to the season. Bono College and Johns Hopkins men's basketball have already lost games uh, this year. Um, I don't think it's overly surprising to see upsets in Division Three basketball. However, um, I will admit Roanoke's uh, loss surprised me a little. Um, maybe they weren't ready to start the season with expectations. Of course, their second game, they absolutely blitzed uh, their opponent. 
Um, but still, I'm a little surprised by that. Johns Hopkins' loss, maybe, again, I, I'm reading too much into it. I don't know yet. St. Olaf also lost to Wisconsin-Eau Claire. Of course, St. Olaf was, I think, 23 in the top 25. Um, it's... I'm not overly surprised we have upsets this early. The other reason being, remember, we're starting a week earlier than the normal start time um, because normally they get four weeks before we go from a, a, a practice starts for real to games start for real. For, forget exhibitions and, and all of that. Now for some teams, we're starting three weeks, maybe three and a half weeks. That that time frame has shortened. Um, no excuse. The Centennial Conference went a long time with shorter practice period. Uh, the NESCAC absolutely goes with a shorter period. Um, and NESCAC just started practices on the 1st and won't play until uh, the 16th. Um, so it's not an excuse, but I think for a lot of programs, maybe it's, it's getting used to some things in that sense. Uh, if if that makes any sense, so we'll keep an eye on how this all plays out uh, this season. I, I'm not sure if the early start's going to have that make big an effect or not. But then again, we have programs who haven't played any games. Um, if you look at the fact that two of our guests tonight in St. Thomas and women and and MIT men won't start till Thursday at the earliest with MIT men and, and, and Friday for St. Thomas women. Granted, St. Thomas women have a beast of a start. They're starting with number 10, George Fox, in the great northwest of the United States. So, you know, what do we... It's going to be hard to gauge, I think, some of these some of these starts uh, if, if it really is affecting teams with this earlier start with less practice time. Practice time's not changing. Uh, the only way they got this passed to start November 8th, which which I'm, as we've gotten into this now, I'm not a fan of November 8th. I said it last year. I'd rather have started two Fridays before Thanksgiving um, instead of November 8th. Uh, this year that would have been granted November 9th. I, I can see that my timing's not perfect. Um, but I think this might have been, this might be close to the earliest it could possibly be. Uh, but I'm not a fan. Um the crossover is tough. Um, but sorry, a lot of ums here tonight as I, I'm trying to formulate a lot of thoughts here. But it, it, the only way they could get this passed was is that they promised they weren't going to try and then start practices October 8th in Division Three basketball. Um, so another um. So that is why we have a shorter period of time as it were. If you go back to the 15th, the 15th was on a Monday. We started the season basically three and a half weeks later. Normally, it would have been a four to four and a half weeks. I mean, that's a week of practices. That's a minimum of what? Seven more practices? Unless maybe you can you talk about some film study or maybe you can talk about some extra running practices or, uh, you know, obviously they can only have technically one practice a day. But it's more practices that they don't have before that first game. That's going to take some time for programs who aren't used to it. And again, the NESCAC's pretty used to that type of schedule. They won't play uh, until Friday. And Centennial in the past has been used to it. 
that's going to take some adjustment. It's going to take some adjustment for us too. And the crossover season is as as we've announced is is pretty brutal. Anyway, if you got questions for us, tweet us at d3hoopsville or hashtag hoopsville. Email us hoopsville at d3hoops.com. I'm not sure if anybody's commenting on our Facebook simulcast, which which technically got started uh, on time versus the YouTube version, um, where we have we're in the system. We're we're on the page. We're trying to see if you've commented. We noticed when we went back after last Sunday's show that there was a um, number of comments that we never saw. Uh, I apologize now. Um, it's the quirks of Facebook, I guess. Um, not that we wanted it that way, but sometimes that's just how it plays out. So uh, we apologize for those of you who are trying to watch us or comment and didn't make a comment, including former head coach in the CCIW, Coach Karens, who was watching. Um, it is certainly not uh, on purpose, but we just didn't, we simply didn't see the comments. So. We hope uh, if you have any, feel free to message us on that uh, Facebook page. You can also message us on the YouTube page. Uh, in speaking of which, I'm, I'm actually calling that up to see if we've had any comments. Hi, Andrew. Speaking of which, Andrew's watching. Of course, you can always tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. And you can always email us, hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. We will uh, quickly put on, uh, put on the, the email here quick, make sure we haven't gotten any emails. Um, Ronk tells us Mike was a very good uh, freshman point guard on a stronger sinus team in the 2003 NCAA tourney. They should have hosted, but didn't apply. So they played at Scranton and lost a two-point deficit. Oh, yeah, I remember uh, Mike McGarvey very well. Uh, very good player for a number of years, not just that freshman year where they went to Scranton. They had some successful seasons um, where, it's, where it stayed at her sinus. Uh, remember, I think he was on the team that Coast Guard nearly upset to go to the Final Four. Um, but, yeah, McGarvey was a very good player, and he's been in the last seven years as an assistant coach um, in uh, at Colgate in Division One. Prior to that, he was an assistant coach at Ursinus. So, oh, yeah, Mike McGarvey is certainly one we are very familiar with, to say the least. By the way, we got this tweet earlier, and I wanted to share it. Uh, Alex Nagel, who we know is a big fan of, of uh, well, apparently the LA Rams, but more importantly, he's also a fan of of Mayak women's basketball. He said St. Thomas Tommy's women is one of the reasons why the Mayak women's basketball is the best in the land. Um, I replied back, I didn't quite agree with that statement. Uh, listen, I think the Mayak and women's basketball is certainly very good, top ten conference to be sure. But the NESCAC and the UAA, off the top of my head, are, the, are better than those two, and and there could be some others. But he replied playfully, I know. I'm biased. Well, at least you know, and we appreciate that, to say the least. We are running uh, on this one. By the way, Chicago and Illinois Wesleyan faced off earlier in both men's and women's basketball. Uh, in the women's basketball realm, that would have been the number, um, was it number five women's Chicago team, I believe. I'm double-checking. Number seven, I'm sorry. Taking on number 12, Illinois Wesleyan, and uh, the Maroons won that one. Uh, close, a couple points. Uh, in the men's version, it was number, uh, what was it? Hold on. How did I, there they are. Number 19, Illinois Wesleyan versus unranked Chicago. That one was a good one. And it ended up being, thanks to Bob Quillman's tweets, 81 IWU, 73 Chicago. So the Titans are off to their start. And see, well, how about that? IWU and Chicago kind of teaming up for a doubleheader there. 
this weekend um, or on today to start their seasons. That's uh, that's a lot of fun. I love seeing that. So congratulations to those two teams and on how they have started the season so far. Again, if you've got questions for us, tweet us, email us, etc. We don't believe we're taking any uh, digital hits, though my computer is certainly yelling at me, but we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. I got a couple other email questions we'll get to here momentarily. Also, Jim Schultz asked, why do you think the Suniac, what do you think of the SUNYAC conference this year? I assume Tim is talking men's basketball. Um, I don't know, Tim. Here's my challenge um, with the conference. Um, it's it's always been competitive. It's always you always know you're going to get good games in the SUNYAC on the men's side. Uh, on the women's side, it's been a little dominant heavy by Geneseo. That might change this year, but we'll see. Remember, Geneseo had a Scott Hemmer uh, left for Division One, if you remember in the off season. But on the men's side, it's always been competitive. I, I, Plattsburgh's the team to beat, plain and simple. Uh, they're a darn good basketball team, and I think they're going to be on top pretty easily. And then I think it's going to be everybody else. I don't find the Suniac all that um, impressive from top to bottom. The bottom has never really blown me away. The middle certainly competitive, but I think, unfortunately, the Suniac showed last year that sometimes you have a really good team, and then it's everybody else. Brockport got into the tournament, arguably, you know, it, it was certainly an argument of whether they got in or whether they should have gotten in, and then absolutely got blitzed by MIT in the first round of the tournament. Uh, I was at that game, and I'll be blunt, um, Brockport didn't impress me in any way, shape, or form. They've got good talent, but they were completely overmatched in that one. It kind of solidified to me that, yes, you can have a really good team in like a Plattsburgh or somebody else some years, Cortland or, or or have you, but then the rest of the conference, while competitive, hasn't risen to that same national scale. Now, we're not that far removed from the SUNYAC certainly being a deeper conference, but I think we're now a little away from that. The East region has struggled to to uh, show it's a strong region on top of that, and, and we've heard some coaches on this show talk about recruiting in the New York area it has struggled. What the reasons are, I'm not, I'm not going to dive into. Maybe more talent is being pillaged by D1s or others. Maybe more talents willing to leave the state than they used to be in the past. And so the state, is, the schools in that state are having trouble holding on to talent within them. I know some schools, I saw a St. John Fisher sticker down here in Baltimore County not that long ago. I know more and more of those schools are starting to look outside of New York State for their talent. So I'm not sure why, but the SUNYAC to me, and of course that's going to be mainly New York uh, uh, players, it's got a good team in Plattsburgh, but I think, then I think it's everybody else about a step or two behind Plattsburgh this season. Another question I got via email came from um, Peyton. He said, what are your UAA expectations and predictions leading into this year? Uh, I think the UAA takes, it takes a bit of a step back. I think it's still a very competitive conference, but I don't think we have any world beaters and certainly no major top 25 programs. Emory's certainly going to be in the conversation there, and I think they're going to be good. You also have certainly... Um, a pretty uh, solid team in in um, in Rochester. I think Rochester is going to maybe surprise a few. I think this is a year where Case Western and Carnegie Mellon can maybe make some waves. You have a complete rebuilding now at NYU and Brandeis under brand new coaches and programs that have been affected by that in some way, shape, or form. Of course, Brandeis with the controversy over the offseason, maybe lost some players, but certainly are now being very 
looked at very closely, and a late coaching hire. I don't know how much that's going to affect Brandeis in the long term. Um, again, I think I said on the first show, surprised that they even hired a head coach, but hearing some of the behind-the-scenes stuff, it sounds like maybe the idea of an interim wasn't good enough by, for some, and they wanted a head coach in place. So they're going to struggle. I think NYU, while off to a good start, at least with a win, is going to struggle under a coach who hasn't been in the college game in a little bit of time. And maybe I'm wrong, but that's just kind of my read on it. I think they need to improve their scheduling. This is their opportunity to do that moving forward, but I think they're going to be kind of in the bottom of the UAA along with Brandeis. Washu's the other one that lost a coach, certainly, but Pat Yuckham's no you know, inexperienced coach in any way, shape, or form. Not that Brandeis or NYU are inexperienced, but they picked up the national runner-up head coach to lead Washu. They lost a ton, though. Uh, that, that was a huge senior class that departed, which is why some of us thought Mark had it kind of read the tea leaves that Mark Edwards' final season was going to be last year, way before he announced it. Um, I think WashU will be competitive. I think they'll be in the top um, quarter, top third of that conference for sure. But I think it's going to be Emory. It's going to be Rochester. And, and watch out for Chicago. Now, they lost to Illinois Wesleyan, and I know they lost one of their pretty good talents, but – the rumblings out of Chicago land is Chicago's a team to watch this year. This might be the year you kind of have a nice little three-headed race there, but it's not a top 25 battle. And on the women's side, we talked to Gordon Mann how Chicago's got the chance here to dominate the conference when they never have had that opportunity. NYU also went through a coaching change that surprised many as she followed her partner to her partner's D1 job. Um, or she didn't, I don't know if she got hired by her, but she followed as part of a family. Um you have Emory, who's still kind of rebuilding a little bit from their coaching change a year ago. You have Wash U, who's still under um, Randy Peterson, kind of getting their feet under them after the change last year. So Chicago's got a chance here to really take advantage of that and maybe step ahead of what has traditionally, you know, Rochester's another really good program, but Chicago's got a chance what has traditionally been a dogfight in the, in the women's basketball side of things. Chicago has a chance in the UAA maybe to step up and be ahead of that fray. We'll see. we got to play some games, and we're not going to see UAA games until January to begin with. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we will get our uh, interview started with MIT. Larry Anderson joined me earlier today to, uh, as he's out on the recruiting trail, if you can believe it. Well, they haven't even started the season, so that may be not that big a surprise. But we'll talk to Larry Anderson about the expectations. Um, Bradley Yomard coming back. You know, Jomard coming back. or. Correction, Bradley Jomar, correct, is how you say it, coming back from injury. What are the expectations of the team? They bring in a lot of good talent. What what does that bold for this program? And really the state of MIT and, and what has changed over the years under the helm of Larry Anderson. That's coming up. Then we'll also hear from Ruth Sin at number 5 St. Thomas Women's Basketball, and then we'll hear from Mike McGarvey later in the program. You're listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoops Hope when we return. I did. Even non-athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school. I got the presidential scholarship, which was huge for me. I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in Division Three. I did receive academic scholarships. Just being involved on campus, being a leader, all those things combined kind of get me recognized. It's a great experience for me. My name? It's Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. 
I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To, to stop, stop sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, on this th Sunday edition. We're back live here on Sunday. We'll be back live next Thursday as well, all the way up to uh, the following Sunday, a week from today. And then we'll take a, a week off for Thanksgiving and then back on the other you know, 25th. You know the whole deal. We just talked about it in the first block. If you got any questions for us, you can always email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. Tweet us at d3hoopsville. Use the hashtag hoopsville. All interesting ways you can get a hold of us. Uh, this is a pre-taped segment, thus you may not see my smiling face in video right now. But bear with us as our first guest, MIT head coach Larry Anderson, needed to chat with us earlier on. Otherwise, we weren't going to get a chat chance to chat with them. Engineers uh, have not started yet. They will start on the what used to be the official date of the basketball season, November 15th, as they will host Endicott. And then two days later, we'll be on the road against Eastern Nazarene. Certainly, Ryan Scott will be interested in that game and multiple reasons. So with the somewhat not official start going and all that fun stuff, stuff we figured we'd talk to Larry Anderson. So he joins us on the Hoopsville Hotline now to chat. And coach, thanks for taking the time. Dave, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, let's just start off with maybe the elephant in the room. You guys are the preseason number five. I think there's a lot of expectations after literally knocking on the door of the final four last season, if, basically a last-second shot by Ramapo, or maybe it's the engineers at least in overtime, if not in Salem. You bring back hopefully a, a, a healthy Bradley Jamar, banged up a little bit uh, in the season and, and played some of the playoffs. So expectations feel high on our end. What about on your end? Do they feel as high? No, not not quite as high, but I, I, I can imagine how um, most people feel that way. We've tried to approach every year, whether you're you're highly ranked or not ranked the same way, and, you know, just, just to try to get better every single day and, and try to do our best in practice to create an environment that, that's conducive to uh, learning and learning quickly. Uh, as you may know, we have new people, um, you know, this year, so it's going to take some time to integrate them, but... We're excited about the guys we have coming back and, and um, the new guys that we have coming in. And early on, they've show, shown some, you know, signs of, um, you know, wanting to be there and really enthusiastic about getting to practice. And they, the thing I like about it is that they like each other uh, mm -hmm. a, a lot. And this is the first time we've had some upperclassmen 
Uh, when I say upperclassmen, I mean seniors uh, who um, have been through the program uh, four years. As you may know, two years ago we had one senior. Last year we didn't have any seniors. Right. And so um, they understand what's expected. And uh, what I'm going to be trying to do is get out of the way sometimes because they, <laughs> they know they know just as much as I know right now, and I don't want to bore them to death. Well, you bring back um, six starters, technically, uh, eight players who played more than 10 minutes, 93% of your scoring, 92% of your rebounding. Um, it starts with Bradley Jomar, obviously, uh, who you guys clarify as a, as a guard at 15.5 points a game, five and a half rebounds, six assists. But you also have A.J. Jerko, who returns to the starting lineup, Cameron Korb, uh, Hamilton Forsyth, Tim Roberts. There's a lot of other than Joe Mar kind of players that make this team or have this team clicking last year, you've got to be excited at those parts. You said sometimes it's about getting out of the way, but at the same time, it's got to be fun to be there coaching these guys. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we, I, I can't wait to get to practice every day, but uh, last year I couldn't wait either. It's just a good group of guys. Of just If you leave the basketball out for just a second, just a great group of guys uh, who come into practice every day. They're really enthusiastic about being there. And um, it, it's not a group that you have to motivate very often. And as a matter of fact, they're motivating us mm-hmm. uh, as coaches to, to, to um, you know, challenge them in a lot of ways. And we're having fun doing that. But the one good thing I like about it is that they're, they're in the process of trying to learn to hold each other accountable. Um, and speaking of Joe Morrett, um, you know, he's healthy now. And we're happy about that. Um, Ryan Franco was the point guard the year Bradley Jamar got here, and Bradley has been playing point guard mm-hmm. um, since his sophomore year, you know, for us. Right. And uh, when he was out, AJ Yuriko, you played that position. So we have two point guards in the game at the same time. Nothing wrong with that. If you got two guys yeah. who can yeah. handle the ball that yeah. well, yeah. Um, you almost could call Jomar a point forward to some degree due to his height and abilities. You talk about that injury though. You know, he he missed a good chunk near the end of the season. You guys brought him back for the tournament. He certainly wasn't one hundred percent. No one expected him to be one hundred percent, and yet you still nearly got to Salem. Is he one hundred percent now? And and what are the expectations for him now on a team that is you know fully clicking? And we'll even talk about the guys coming in after the fact. Well, we're trying to figure all that out right now. <laughs> uh, we, the expectations, you know, for him is whatever role you have, just play it to the best of your ability. And mm-hmm. We're not asking anything more than that. You've heard the term stay in your lane, and we're asking each person to, to do that. And I, I think you understand the value of that, um, you know, as upperclassmen. And, Brad, no doubt, when you've been in any program, a player's been in any program for uh, four years, your, your expectations of that player's are not only um, – you know, play your role, but uh, take on a strong leadership role in integrating the new players, the, the eight new players that we have, and then, you know, be a leader around campus, period. Um, and so he's done that early on, and we're pretty pleased with it. Um, and I think you're going to see a really, really good branch of art out there this year. Talk a little bit about um, some of the guys coming in. So you've got this group that we already knew about, but you bring in – uh, a Greek we'll call Giannis. I'm not even going to try and attempt his last name. Um, bring in a kid from San Diego and another one from New Jersey. If you look at their those numbers before MIT, they all bring in a, a, a good experience in scoring and rebounding and handing out the ball. How do you get everybody now? Obviously, they got to learn this college game a little bit more and, and learn under you a little bit, but how are you going to make sure 
you keep everybody kind of involved on what looks like a very deep team this year. Yeah. Well, you, you I, I, I love the fact that you said they haven't played a college game yet, and I paraphrase that, and they haven't. And so we're, we're trying to bring them along uh, slowly because of um, the upperclassmen that we, we do have. They have uh, deep program knowledge, and uh, with these new guys, they're like deer to headlights, uh, like any mm-hmm. freshman would be. But they're eager to learn, and you can see the potential that you know many of them have uh, early on. They're, they're eager to get going. But one thing I like about this class collectively, they're unselfish. They understand team play. Uh, they understand how to take charge without taking over. And I think that's something often missing in a team setting. Uh, it's nice to come to practice and see them be a little bit more vocal hmm. uh, and follow the upperclassmen's lead. And so that's what we expect from them this year is to uh, – Learn at the pace, ask a lot of questions, and be ready. You know when your name is called, and I, I do love the fact that that will be a little bit deeper than we have been in past years. Sure, um, I do say not played in a college game. You have had some exhibition games. One of them was against Harvard. Um, obviously, I don't take a lot of stock in those games because I know coaches sometimes come in with predetermined uh, mentalities of how they're going to play it, no matter what this says on the scoreboard. But you also didn't play a lot of players. Uh, there were a lot who, who didn't see action and I think surprised. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. Sunday edition. It's we're not a museum. It's an experience we'll you won't forget. Back live next Thursday Discover the history well. of the game in the National Collegiate. to uh, the following Sunday, a week from today. And then we'll take a, a week off for Thanksgiving and then back on the other 25th. You know the whole deal. We just talked about it in the first block. If you got any questions for us, you can always email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. Tweet us at d3hoopsville. Use the hashtag hoopsville. All interesting ways you can get a hold of us. Uh, this is a pre-taped segment, thus you may not see my smiling face in video right now. But bear with us as our first guest, MIT head coach Larry Anderson, needed to chat with us earlier on. Otherwise, we weren't going to get a chat chance to chat with them engineers uh have not started yet they will start on the what used to be the official date of the basketball season november 15th as they will host endicott and then two days later we'll be on the road against eastern nazarene certainly ryan scott will be interested in that game and multiple reasons so with the somewhat not official start going and all that fun stuff stuff we figured we'd talk to larry anderson so he joins us on the hoopsville hotline now to chat and coach thanks for taking the time Dave, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, let's just start off with maybe the elephant in the room. You guys are the preseason number five. I think there's a lot of expectations after literally knocking on the door of the Final Four last season, if, basically a last-second shot by Ramapo, or maybe it's the engineers at least in overtime, if not in Salem. You bring back hopefully a a, a healthy Bradley Jamar, banged up a little bit. All right, so we're stopping that interview. Apparently, our system didn't want to listen to us. We were trying to prep for the end of said interview, and it automatically kicked back to the beginning of that interview without us touching what would have done that. So we're going to take a quick break, find where we were in the interview with with uh, Larry Anderson, and restart from that point. I, I'm very sorry. I literally did nothing <laughs> to restart that interview, and it did on its own. So bear with us. We'll take another break. When we come back, we will have the rest of the interview we had with Mr. Larry Anderson. We'll be back with more here on Hoopsville.
College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division III student athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics, and in giving the gift of sport to those... It wasn't caused um, by us anyway. Sometimes they, they come in with injuries. It's sure. freshmen sometimes. Yeah. We understand those. Uh, if you take the Zomar injury over the last two years, just freak accidents mm -hmm. um, on the basketball court. So those are things we couldn't, couldn't control. Uh, we're, we're, we, as, as if you take a look at injuries uh, in sports across the nation, you'll see that ours is probably not higher than anybody else. I think the reason people look at ours a little bit closer is that. It's just happened to be to, you know, one of our, one or two of our players <laughs> that, that's in the, you know, that's, that's, you know, doing some good things for us. Yeah. And um, um, so it, it's, it's not any, any, we don't suffer any more injuries than anybody else. It just happened to be to our top players. Yeah. I'm just curious. So, um, yeah. Yeah. A lot but of we, change we, in the we're game. Hopeful, though, yeah, we're hopeful that uh, we'll be healthy, but we don't go into any practice or any game thinking that, okay, let's do everything we can in practice to keep everybody healthy. Okay. Uh, we, we're just going at it like we normally go go at it. And and, and I think when you, you try to take those kind of precautions, you can't prepare yourself very well. Yeah, true. So, uh, though, yeah. Uh, same token, you're talking about how making adjustments to help the freshmen get right. through the season and stuff. So it's fascinating right. to hear you know, how basically you probably have to change your mentality ongoing to, to always adjust right. to whatever you have, um, right. which is certainly interesting. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's, been, that's definitely been a mantra the whole time. If you we, when we had Hollingsworth and those kids here, we played a different style. Uh, we have a different group who, right who now. didn't see action and I think surprised a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Are you guys okay? Or is it just the usual you know, bangs and bruises of, of, of early season training camp? Um, or was that kind of a mentality of not trying to beat your guys up? No, well, they, well we talk – well, that, you got it. The last part of it, we, it's a long season. We, we've learned a lot over, over the years in – you know, it's not just a basketball piece that, that you learn about. And I think if you look across, you know, college basketball period, a lot of sports go one semester. And then basketball goes across two semesters. And then that, that could be uh, become a grind. And uh, we talk a lot about loving the grind. And we, we believe that uh, sometimes less is more. And um, so, though, and, and especially for freshmen, you know, you talk about that, that freshman wall, mm -hmm. and we're going to try some different things this year in terms of how we we practice in preseason, how we go along in terms of um, you know um, getting our, our young guys up to speed and getting them in the fold. We we we're trying to avoid that that freshman wall, and so let, we'll see how this works. You guys have had a program that's certainly been near the top or at the top um, before, in the sense of making it to Salem in the Final Four and. Certainly being in the top 25 conversation, even top 10. You guys, though, have suffered from the injury bug. Um, I don't know in comparison to anybody else if it's high or not, but I just mean we know of the injuries that have kind of stubbed the toe of the program, as it were. Is there ever a concern about there? How much have you changed in your style 
I don't even know if it's your style or, or just in general right, that, right. that to avoid those injuries down the road. Well, well some of those injuries, you know, it wasn't caused uh, by us anyway. Sometimes they, they come in with injuries. It's sure. freshman sometimes. Yeah. We understand those. Uh, if you take the Zomard injury over the last two years, just freak accidents mm-hmm. um, on the basketball court. So those are things we couldn't, couldn't control. Uh, we're, we're, we, as, as, if you take a look at injuries uh, in sports across the nation, you'll see that ours is probably not higher than anybody else. I think the reason people look at ours a little bit close is that it's just happened to be to, you know, one of our, one or two of our players <laughs> that, that's in the, you know, that's, that's, you know, doing some good things for us. Yeah. And um, um, so it, it's, it's not any, any, we don't suffer any more injuries than anybody else. It just happened to be to our top players. Yeah. I'm just curious. So, um, yeah, yeah, a lot so we, has changed we, we, in the we're game. We're hopeful, though. Yeah, we're hopeful that uh, we'll be healthy, but we don't go into any practice or any game thinking that okay, let's do everything we can in practice to keep everybody healthy. Okay, uh, we, we're just going at it like we normally go go at it, and 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 I think when you, you try to take those kind of precautions, you can't prepare yourself very well. Yeah, true. So. Uh, though, yeah. same token, you're talking about how making adjustments to help the freshmen get right. through the season and stuff. So it's fascinating right. to hear, you know, how basically you probably have to change your mentality ongoing to to always adjust right. to whatever you have, um, right. which is certainly interesting. Um, yeah, that, that's that's been that's definitely been a mantra the whole time. If you when we had Hollingsworth and those kids here, we played a different style. Uh, we have a different group right now. We just try to. Like anybody else, uh, there's nothing new. You play to your strengths and try to hide some of your weaknesses. Sure. Um, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the the season ahead. First off, you haven't played. You won't play until uh, the 15th, as we mentioned, uh, which is Thursday. Uh, how hard has it been for the team? And I don't know if it is. I'm just asking where right. the season started, and you're kind of sitting there spinning your wheels a little bit. Is it distracted the guys in any way, or is it status quo because nobody knows any better at this point? Well, we have, right, we, we have blinders on right now. We haven't changed anything um, because the 15th has been the 15th for us. Right. We've always opened up at that date, so I think the adjustments might have uh, been a little bit different for the other teams. Um, and it would have been even great for us either way had we started early because we have so many upperclassmen who understand, um, you know, what to look for and, and what the college game is all about and how to compete uh, in practice and how to compete uh, at a really, really high level. So um, it, it's been really good, and I think we need it this time to try to uh, be together on the basketball court and, again, to to integrate our, our freshmen. Uh, we have eight of those uh, into what real college basketball is all about at this level. Three of your first four opponents have been in the not only New, New England conversation at the top, but certainly national. Endicott's had a few, couple, a few years here where they've been pretty good. Tufts, obviously coming out of the NESCAC, has been pretty pretty difficult and, and a very good squad. And Keene State under Ryan Kane has turned some turned some heads even when you don't expect much out of them. How are you preparing for this start of the season? Well, uh, my God, we, first, first of all, we're focusing on us. and then we, This week we hope to, um, uh, again, take one game at a time. Endicott is the first game on the schedule. And it, like you said, if you look at their program, my God, they – they have a tradition of um, winning over there and doing things the right way. I watched them a couple of times you know, last year live in, in their battles with um, Nichols for uh, the top mm-hmm. of you know their league, and um, they got a great recruiting class. I've seen some of those guys play, and I know a lot of the guys returning. They're they're before it's all over. They they would be a 
a top-notch team, not just on the local level, but at the national hmm. national level as well. You also are playing these in nine days. Uh, your first game's the yeah. 15th. Your your Keene State game's the 24th. Uh, right. Eastern Nazarene is the fourth team in there two days after Endicott, we should point out. How much will this November 8th start maybe help you in the future at least maybe loosen up you know that tight start four games in nine days it's not a lot of wiggle room right i, I think that's healthy for for basketball period you get a chance to play a game go back and go to class and do all the things you need to do and also you get a chance to prepare uh a bit more as opposed to trying to squeeze you know three games in a week and what what um eight nine games in six days we're prepared for either one but i think that's going to be healthier for the student athlete uh to to be able to focus on their schoolwork and then be able to focus on what they're doing in the basketball court, uh, what they're going to do socially, and I just think that make for that makes for uh, an overall high quality experience, uh, you know. Period. Sure. Uh, we should also point out that in the first, jeez, uh, twenty eight days, you will play eleven of your games. So it's right. it's a lot of tightness, as it were, yeah. uh, between now and December thirteenth before you the guys then take a significant time yeah. off and then go straight into conference play. There's no mm-hmm. warm up uh, ahead yeah. of conference play on January second against WPI. The conference is going to be a battle. Springfield certainly another team with Jake Ross and and his counterparts are going to be tough. You figure Babson's not going to go away very far, and and the rest of that conference is certainly competitive. So you got uh, literally a tale of two seasons here. Yeah. Well, you, when you talk about the tightness of the schedule, we, we've done that before, and what we've tried to do is is make sure we we play our non conference slate, um, which is you know what three games a week for the most part, mm-hmm. and get those out of the way because you you know they don't want to practice anyway; they want to play. Yeah. And um, you know we hurt certainly when people hear our voice uh, at the end of the, the, the pre conference schedule, and then we go into conference play. You got two games per week right now. We're playing Wednesday, Saturday. You certainly have you know more time to to prepare for uh, league play. Uh, no matter what the league look like from the outside, and I think any coach would tell you this: uh, league play is league play, and we yeah. play a round robin. And then when, once we get to, to uh, the conference tournament, if you make that, you can see those teams three times. Yeah, <laughs> and that that becomes a real um, real challenge right there. But it, but it's, it's, I think it's good, you know, for the league. I think it's good for college basketball to try to. You know, use your innovation to come up with something new or tweak something here. Um, but we look forward to the challenge in front of us. It'll certainly be a fascinating one to watch. We're looking forward to it. Before I let you go, though, I wanted to, to bring up the fact that MIT as a whole is succeeding. And and I don't know if you guys are necessarily the barometer or the catalyst for that. Um, but certainly when men's basketball was starting to succeed, no one knew a lot about MIT athletics. But you got football, um, who's heading to the NCAA tournament. Uh, you've got um, uh, soccer, who was women's soccer in the NCAA tournament. You have cross country, who had a good fall this year. You know, there's many other sports you can read up on on MIT who are all succeeding at a pretty high level. That's a significant step forward. And I know you and I have talked about that at MIT, but my question to you is, do you take any uh, pride in the fact that basketball has kind of helped with that change of the guard, as it were? Well, I was, I was, I'm just <laughs> proud to be here, period. But I say this, there, there's a number of sports. You, you know, if, if you take football, football, it seems to me, is, is always the, the elephant in the room in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, and and some of the sports that you might refer to as mainstream sports are good. But 
sports at MIT overall have been pretty good for some years. If you take track and field and cross country, mm-hmm. uh, tennis programs, and if you walk into our gym, you just see uh, championship after championship. Yeah. So what we all did is, is uh, we took those coaches and said, how do you guys get this done? And uh, those programs have actually led us in a way to and teach us, you know, uh, some of the steps you can take in order to build the kind of culture that, that, that you want to build to just give your team a chance at some success. And so we're just happy to be a part of it and to to learn from those coaches who've been here even longer than I have who sustained that kind of success. Well, it's certainly we know how much uh, you guys try and certainly scour the country in terms of finding the next great players to join basketball as you're on the recruiting trail talking to me today, and I appreciate you taking the time. But most importantly, it's fun to see this program uh, once again uh, battling it out at the top of the country, and we look forward to seeing how this this all plays out for the engineers this season. Um, As always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? Well, first of all, Dave, I'll always say this. I really appreciate what you guys are doing at D3Hoops.com in Hooksville, uh, letting uh, the world know that uh, we're a pretty good band, brand of basketball at this level. And um, for those of you who haven't watched Division Three basketball, um, you know, over time, uh, Division Three doesn't mean third class. If there's a Division Three school in your area, it might do really well. Um, it doesn't cost much, if anything at all, to go out and watch one of those basketball games except getting there. So I'd encourage any, anybody to go out and watch and support Division Three basketball. Uh, I wholeheartedly second that as well. Get out to a game, enjoy it. Just because it's not D1 doesn't mean it's not going to be good and it's not going to be fun. Coach, thanks so much for your time. Good luck uh, as this season progresses. I'm sure we'll be talking about the engineers plenty, but we look forward to talking to you down the road. And, we'll, and with that note, we'll talk soon. Thank you. He is Larry Anderson. He is the head coach of the MIT Engineers. Again, they start off on Thursday against Endicott, and then they will slam a bunch of games together, 11 in the first 28 days of the season, including, as we mentioned, uh, six or five in in the month of November uh, and four just in the opening uh, couple of weeks of the season. Uh, I'm not even saying that right. We mentioned four and nine days, actually. Going to take another break. When we come back, we'll talk about some of the hot topics, answer some of your questions. Still ahead, Ruth Sin from St. Thomas Women's Basketball will join us, and we'll talk to the new Lycoming head coach, former All-American Mike McGarvey. You're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the NABC WBCA studios. Back with more after this. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE-logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important. But as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. This is why we love sports. It's in the way they play, free from the pressures and all the money talk. Playing for simply the love of the game 
where everyone has a shot at their definition of success on and off the field. This is what we love about sports and what we can still love about college sports. We've got more schools than Division I, more fans than Division II, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Sorry for the glitches again on that MIT interview. We'll find a way to uh, upload it, uh, at least audio-wise, and have it available um, at, a, at a later time so you can listen through. I think we got most of the topics covered, even if we repeated some stuff. We thought about just letting the interview repeat itself, but we realized a good chunk of it had aired already, and that made no sense. So uh, a little discombobulated. Apologize. Again, we... we Hit some settings. We didn't even mess with anything. We were doing things that shouldn't have at any time in either case started something else, and it did. But those are the gremlins with the early part of the season. Also, we're not huge fans of the software we use, though that's the software that works for us currently. we got to take some uh, – we're going to have to find a, a new piece of software. There's one out there that does exist that um, isn't set up for our PC yet, or we're going to have to dive into some new software, which might, though, add more work for us. And none of that is ideal. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com or join us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Um, apparently we can't spell. Oh, we can. Well, anyway. All right, so uh, I, I did see that we got some chats on the Facebook group. Thanks for bearing with us on that. Uh, Dave uh, De Palma mentioned that um, that uh, St. Joe's is 2-0. and of course, that's the new St. Joe team out of Connecticut. Congratulations to them under uh, Jim Calhoun going 2-0. Jim Calhoun picked up a technical foul in the first 20 minutes of his basketball career in Division III. <laughs> um, his comment was, uh, the story of the year in D3. I, my reply back was, let's, let's slow our roll. We still have a lot of basketball to be played, a lot of season to be played. Yes, it's nice to have Jim Calhoun in Division Three, and we welcome him um, getting used to our division and some of his – Tougher opponents, certainly, but I don't think it's the story of Division Three quite yet. Um, let's see here. Um, what else was there? Oh, there was a question from Jay. It says it's great to get things started again. Well, thank you, Jay. But we we've had a couple shows. But you're right; it's fun to get things going. Regarding the FDU women's team, FDU Florham, of course, in Division Three, Coach Mitchell took his three stud women with him to St. Peter's. Is this quote unquote fair to FDU or? A bit of, of dirty pool after they stood by him after the hot water they got into on a few occasions. Well, I'll say this. First off, I don't think it's dirty pool. Um, I think it's certainly um, unexpected, surprising. Um, I think all three of them were sophomores. So with that in mind, they've got a few years to play with here. So it's certainly within their, their scope to move with him up to uh, St. Peter's. Now, St. Peter's isn't exactly a world beater in Division I women's basketball, so let's, I'm going to keep my uh, expectations a little low here. Um, but that said, no, I mean, it's, it's fair. A, a student athlete can, if they want, 
transferred to another division, just like Sidney Moss transferred to Division Three, just like Duncan Robinson transferred to Division One. But remember, they have to make that decision knowing that they will be parked for a year. They can't play this year. If you transfer to a D1 program, you cannot, or any any division, if it's Division Two from Division Three or Division One, you must sit a year. And so, great, he took him with him. Wonderful. They are not allowed to play this year. They may be able to practice, and maybe they can help St. Peter's adjust to whatever coach Mitchell wants to run, but they can't play. So they're risking it themselves that a couple of things happen. One, that they aren't going to be better players who come in while they're there and they no longer can play you know, just by minutes or they're going to lose minutes, that something's not going to happen in this year off and so on. Now, they're getting scholarships, apparently, I would assume, because D1, you must give out scholarships. <laughs> by that token, congratulations to them, and maybe that's uh, Mark Mitchell's way of thanking them uh, for their service at FDU Florham. So be it. Uh, I'm not a fan of the idea. I don't think these young ladies are going to succeed very well. Yes, they may play at St. Peter's, but they're they're not going to succeed in Division One, in my opinion. There's nothing about those three that stood out to me as, huh, they should have been D1 players. Uh, maybe I'm misreading that. The middle and bottom of Division One women's basketball is certainly not as strong as men's basketball in the sense of the depth. We, I think we have a little, you know, and that's true in Division Three basketball and Division One basketball, or Division Three basketball on the men's and women's side as well. There's in the middle and the, and the bottom in women's isn't as strong as it is in the men's, and that's just a talent thing, a talent pool thing. So be it. Um, so I don't think it's any dirty pool, and it's fair, sure. What I will say, and you touched on there, is maybe he's, you know, is he thumb you know, doing it back to FTU who suspended him for a period of time? Is he thanking these ladies for sticking by him? Either of them is possible. If he's thumbing his nose at FTU, shame on him. He's the one who decided to take things way too far with his sportsmanship or lack thereof on multiple occasions. Some of them not even reported, and then, but a lot of us have seen. So, hey, if you want to follow that coach and and – and stay with them, so be it. If you, I think you would have been better off staying at FDU Florham, but eh, it's water on the bridge at this point. I don't think it's Dirty Pool or anything like that, though. Dean Corwin, Jeff Henson joining, joining us as a show. Thank you for taking the time, gentlemen. Uh, Checking to see if we've got any other questions on here. Uh, if you do have questions, you can always tweet us or email us, et cetera, et cetera. We'd love to hear from you, and I uh, hope you have more comments to share with us. Um, saying um a lot tonight and i apologize to all you listeners you don't need to listen through that I'm trying to see if we got any other questions uh ken johnson says don't worry about how to say giannis's Giannis's last name <laughs> no one there knows how to say it either i don't think uh can yeah <laughs> yeah uh mit's new player Giannis. g-i-a-n-n-i-s i've got that you look at his last name good luck to you It'll prepare me for the soccer championships should uh, there be any challenging names there. But, <laughs> boy, oh, boy, we, we might need to learn his name quick. Uh, wow. So there's more questions to be had, I'm quite sure. If you got them, send them our way. You can email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com, or join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hoopsville, or on the Twitter address at d3hoopsville, or hashtag hoopsville. Thanks to Joshua Lovern, the coach who uh, appreciated our uh, challenges this evening, says that we appreciate you guys. Keep doing the great work you do. Thank you. By the way, should point out, 
Uh, let's see. We mentioned FNM beating Albright 81-74. York beat Johns Hopkins. That was the game we were looking for earlier. 78-72. Uh, Whitman, uh, at a little after halftime, about 15 minutes left to go in the half, was leading Letourneau 67-54. Of course, Letourneau's a team that is getting top 25 attention. Of course, that's Whitman, though, number six. Number two on my ballot for number six in the top 25. Keep an eye on that as well. And take another break. When we come back, we'll jump into some women's basketball with St. Thomas women's basketball coach Ruth Sin. You've been listening to Hoops presented by D3Hoops.com for the WBCA and ABC studios. More Hoops right after this. I'm a Division Three student athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I used to never really talk, ever. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying today's program. Got questions for us? Tweet us at D3Hoopsville. Hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com or join us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Of course, all that information scrolling at the bottom of your screen. We do have Instagram, though we don't follow it during the show. There's only so much we can do. So you can at least see what we're promoting or following or whatever the case may be down there. All right, so we talked to Larry Anderson just now from, or a little earlier from MIT, about not having started the season, high expectations, new players coming in to a pretty good squad, and the challenge that they have ahead, in their case, uh, four games in nine days and 11 games in the first 28. They're not the only ones who will tackle that in such a manner. Joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline is the head coach of the St. Thomas Women's Basketball Program. It is Ruth Sin. Coach, thanks for taking the time as always. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be the season. Well, I, I'm sure you are. Um, we'll start with what we talked with, with Larry a bit. Is, is everybody chomping at the bit a little bit here? You're not starting until the 16th, and we'll talk about where, when, and how in, in a little bit here, which is technically normal, but obviously other teams have gotten out of the gate already. Is, is everyone kind of anxious to get the season going, or is it, as Larry indicated, this is normal? Why, why would we be antsy? 
You know, um, our, our, our group is, is is pretty mature this year. We've got a lot of returners, and they understand that, you know, this is a great time to establish habits and, and, and to really grow as a team. And so we've, um, we've really kind of kept the focus very narrow about how can we improve and how can we get better. Now, we've had some exhibition games, um, which has been great against D1 and D2 opponents. So there has been a little bit of a carrot there. It's always nice to go against um, – opponents such as that to see about their level and and how we can um, really play our game at that level as well. Exhibition games always are important. A lot of coaches go into those. We talked to Larry about that in his game against Harvard with a predetermined idea of how you're going to go through things. You do start things tough, though. I mean, you've really got to be ready and on the ball. You're playing number 10, George Fox, uh, as the number five team in the country out at their place. I'm kind of curious how that all came to be and what was the, I mean, I can understand the motivation, but your motivation specifically? Well, it was a couple of years ago that we always try to make sure that since we're both in the West regions, that we get some West regions comparison. And so we've gone out to Puget Sound, we've done to PLU, we've gone to a lot of those Northwest mm-hmm. concerts. And so I talked to um, Michael Meeks. I said, Michael, if you come here, we'll go there. And so last year, he brought his group over here to St. Thomas, and we played him, I think, around Thanksgiving. And then this year, it's our turn to go back out. And it's a, it's a great game, especially early on, to you know, really be challenged and, and see you know, how prepared are we, what are we ready for, what do we need. And, and that's the idea in the game, is that we can really get a good idea of where we're at and what we need to do and where we need to go. It won't end there. Um, you'll come home and take on Stevens Point, and there's never a time I know Shirley Egner not to have a quality mm-hmm. program ready to go, with, no matter what the record book says. Um, you also will have River Falls. You'll get into conference play. You also will have Trinity, Texas, at your place in the middle of, of December, followed by your what I believe is starting to turn into a favorite trip of everybody to to uh, to Wartburg, where you'll take on Wash U and potentially Wartburg or North Central. You've got a heck of a non-conference schedule this season. We're, you know, we, we always said every day in practice and every game, we want to be challenged. Um, we want to grow. We want to, you know, really get exposed to everything so we can be prepared and we can be ready. And you, you don't do that by, you know, avoiding great competition. And so we've, we've always taken the approach that we're going we're gonna to try to get the best schedule so we can be used to that environment and we can really prepare for it as opportunity. You've always had a lot of good talent on this team for the last few years. You're picked by the Mayak uh, fellow coaches to be uh, the favorite for the second year in a row, and I think third, in, third time in five years or something along those lines. Uh, you always have a, a talent that comes in and fills in for pl- pieces, but I notice your roster seems larger than I'm used to. Maybe it's just, maybe it's just my eyes, but how, what's the talent level coming into this year like for you as a coach? We're deeper this year, but but you are right. Um, we have a bigger roster. We have a JV program, and I know a lot of the Division three programs don't, but because of our location being in the cities, we have an opportunity where we can really work with our varsity and our junior varsity to help prepare them for the next level. And so you look at our All-American post player, Hannah Spaulding. She played a little JV her freshman year, and she kind of got acclimated, and she was behind an All-American post player, Caitlin Langer. And so we really use 
the bigger roster to help us develop and help those players get game-like experience. So when the bright lights do come on, they're ready for that opportunity. And of course, you lost talent from last year. What, how do you see pieces kind of um, interchanging this season? Well, we returned three of our five starters. We lost um, our four-player and our two-player, Maddie Wilkow and Lauren Fisher. But we returned the bulk of our scoring. As I said, we returned Hannah Spalding, who is an All-American. I think she has the record for field goal percentage um, last season at 73%. We also have all Mayak um, player I had Lucia Renikoff, who was shooting over 40%, and our, our starting point guard, Kaylee Brazel. We return a lot of um, the players that came in off the bench, um, Sarah Krinsky, Kaya Porter, um, Macy Haddlestead, and Maddie Radke. And, and, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to the freshmen that we have coming in and what they've been doing as well. So I, I think we're going to be deeper this year. It, it's been fun working with them because they really have a maturity about them, about every single um, practice that we're going to own you know, our game. Not just the coaches telling us what to do, but if the coaches are talking, they're going to hold each other accountable just like we as coaches do. So it's been a fun environment. It's been a great three weeks. Interesting, in the last few years, uh, we go back to 2015. You guys lost uh, in the Elite Eight, of course, to Thomas Moore. The next year it was Sweet 16. The following year was the Final Four, losing to Tufts by a couple of points. Last year, Sweet 16 to an East Texas Baptist squad that was just on a mission. What's... I think we've talked about it before. Then you know the next, the next step or the next evolution. Obviously, the Final Four was part of that. But I know you guys want more. At least one voter thinks you're the number one team in the country. So certainly, some voters. I have you. By the way, by the way, they're number four in the country in the top twenty-five. I've I've got you marked at five. Forgive my mistake. But what what is this a season that you talk about all that talent and all that experience? Is this a season maybe to take that next evolution and? And make it all the way, or is is that way too much to be talking about here in in November? Yeah, I I I, I mean, I, it's way too much to think about. We've got to continue to use every single day to improve and to grow, and to hopefully, if we do those things and 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 we really do due diligence to the here and the now, we'll be in a position to um, continue our postseason run and see if we can even make it farther. You know, but what we need to do is just clean up the things that we've been, you know, really striving to do. Our, our goal this year is kind of the pursuit of excellence. And so every practice we've been talking about, you know, what are the things that we're doing well and what are the things that we're averaging and how do we move our averages to excellent? And so we've, we've done a real good job of just keeping that narrow focus in what we need to do. And then one of the areas that we really feel that we have to improve on that we kind of slipped last year was our, our defense. And, you know, so we've done a lot about looking at, okay, who are the best defensive teams in the nation, D1, D2, and D3? Well, it's not surprising Division Three is Amherst. And then you start looking at them defensively, and it's just the numbers that they have are incredible. And so we're trying to take a step up in the defensive end with it. You know, the offensive end, we've been very efficient. But we can always improve as well there. Certainly everything comes down to the conference in the grand scheme of things. Win the conference and you're into the NCAA tournament. And we don't need to worry about the out-of-conference schedule or anything along those lines. And, you're, and the Mayak certainly become more competitive. Last year you guys – I'm amazed last year you finished undefeated, to be honest, Coach, because you had St. Benedict, Gustavus, Bethel, and St. Mary's who were all pretty good last year. Yeah, no, we've got a great, great conference, and the depth of our conference really shows. 
And then that's the neat thing about it, as as you said, is you know you're you're challenging yourself. So when we get to that you know end of the year, everybody in the conference is prepared for that next level because we've seen everything. Our the coaches in our conference do a phenomenal job of just trying different things, different schemes, different strategies. And so as a as a conference and as a team in preparation, you're ready for almost everything. When you look at what the season may bring in the conference this year, certainly not everybody comes back in a carbon copy of last year. But do you still expect the same challenges from the St. Benedicts and the Gustavuses and the like? Or is there somebody we should be keeping an eye on that, that may surprise? Oh, I think I, I think you you're going to be able to see St. Mary's is going to be up there. They return a great group. Augsburg's got a young group that's coming up, and you know they're they're now juniors, so they're they're really ready to make their mark. Um, I, I think the depth of the conference is really going to show this year. And 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 I know everybody always says their conference is the best conference, but I mean <laughs> the Mayak is a very strong conference, and I I really feel that we've been moving the needle even on the national scene. And you saw that last year when you saw you know how many of the teams in the Mayak were ranked nationally. You're entering your 14th season. We should point out you're in the Tommy Athletics Hall of Fame, of course. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, I read one place, you got 299 wins. I read another, it's got 298. We'll find out which one's for sure, but you're knocking on the door, obviously, of win 300. What has changed, though, in these 13 years uh, at St. Thomas as a school? How much has athletics evolved there well it's a phenomenal place to be there's just an energy and there's a purpose and you know the neat thing about st thomas is you know we've got that perfect size school we 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 have the aspirations of excellence like we talked about but yet we have this family community where it's just supportive i mean the coaches we have in our athletic department are unbelievable and we really have relationships that we can you know really ask each one of them you know what works for you how does it do uh, i mean i every day when i go to work i it, it's it's it, it's not like work it's getting to do what i'm passionate about and surrounding yourself with quality quality people who you know get this whole thing you know, and um, even in, even you know, as far as a blessing to me is my assistant coaches. You know, it's hard in Division Three all the time because we don't have you know full time um, coaches. They're they're teachers, and all my 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 assistant coaches are teachers. Mm-hmm. But I have Brian Silk, who is six years with me. I have Rick Canton, who educator as well, who has been four years with me. I'm just very fortunate to be surrounded with such great people. And so when you have a community behind you that has the same goals and the same values and and puts kids first um it it becomes a pretty tremendous atmosphere to be a a part of of course the ad is the former men's basketball coach steve fritz uh, and he's announced that he will be stepping aside uh when everything is said and done uh coming up here at the end of the academic year how much has has he been a part of that catalyst because he's been there a long time and obviously helped along with some other sports put st thomas on the map Mm-hmm. The neat thing about Coach Fritz is just who he is. Um, we always say that your actions speak louder than your words, and his actions are always, he bleeds purple. 
he's there for you. I um, remember because we were on many bus trips together. <laughs> um, we would be going on bus trips down to Gustavus on a Saturday afternoon, and then we would come back up. And he, I would be going home to watch film, and he was going to go to the hockey arena to watch the men's and the women's yeah. hockey team. I mean, he just is a found, uh, phenomenal person, and he, he, he just has such a great foundation to who he is and what he's about. And it's always been about, you know, people and relationships and how do we – you know, just bring out the best in each other. So we're very, very fortunate to have his leadership and his guidance at our at our university. Let's switch gears back to the team a little bit here. Again, preparing for the game on Friday at George Fox. You'll play the next night against Lewis and Clark out in Oregon as well. Uh, what's the message to the team at this point as you prepare for that game? Because I, I assume they're in that tough transition here. If they've been in the grind. They've been in the you know the the constant practices for almost a month. You know, that, that starts to wear on one after a while. But, hey, you got to start focusing on a game now, and it's not just any game. It's a pretty big one. What's, what's your message to the team this week stepping into that game? Well, you know, the, the, the fun thing, I thought last week we would have a little let-up. As I said, we had an exhibition game, the, and I thought this is going to be a grind week. And we talked about this, is that it's going to be a grind week, and you're going to have to dig deep and keep your focus narrow on what do we have to improve. And they had, did a phenomenal job with it. And so this next week, um, it, it's the carrot is there. I mean, yeah. They're so excited because now we get to put the jerseys back on and we get to have an experience. And uh, going on the road, we, we we haven't been we haven't been to Portland, Oregon, or Newburgh, and so we're excited about the opportunity to, you know, to to go through it live and with the idea that we're just going to give our best. Now, George Fox is a great great team coming from a a great program, and um, Coach Meeks does such a great job with those those young women, he gets them to play so hard and, you know, they're just always giving their best effort. And he's a deep team too, you know, so they'll be coming at us with every um, press available to them. And it'll, it'll, it'll be awesome of an experience for us. What's the travel schedule and how are you going to adjust to a two hour time shift? Well, um, we'll, Wednesday night after class, and then we'll be getting there Thursday and we'll have practice and, and get ready for the weekend with two games. Okay. So try and keep it nice and tight if you, if you can. Yes, exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. It's, 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 um, it's an adjustment. Um, right, you know, right now it's, they're two hours behind us, right. but it, it, it also will be nice right now. We've had unbelievably cold weather. Mm. We're in the teens right now. So we're kind of looking forward to going back into the fifties. <laughs> <laughs> I know you probably won't have a lot of time to be tourists, but uh, it's a beautiful part of the country. I assume you'll at least see that out the windows. Exactly. Exactly. So, well, coach, I appreciate you coming on. We don't normally get to talk to you this early in the season, so it's nice to hear your perspective on things at this point. Uh, We appreciate you taking the time as always. And as you probably remember, we always give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? Well, again, I, I just want to thank you for all that you do. Um, and I, we 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 like to read books and different. And one of my favorite books is from Frosty, who is a head football coach at PLU, and it's just make the big time where you're at. And and you do that for all our athletes and our coaches, and and we're just really fortunate to have your involvement with that because I I know even at the Final Four banquet, um, it was um, one of the teams. I think it was Amherst that just said, you know. You are our favorite D3 hoops. Everybody has them on their bookmarks and everything like that. So thank you for all you're doing and making us feel that we are the big time.
Well, thank you, Coach. I appreciate the kind words. Safe travels. Good luck next weekend, and good luck the rest of the season. We'll look talk look forward to talking to you down the road. Thank you. Absolutely. Ruth Sin joining us here on the Hoopsville Hotline. Appreciate her taking the time. Fascinating start for the St. Thomas Tommy's women's basketball program. Look forward to seeing how it plays out. Great to hear her insight on all that. Um, and it would be appropriate if they got to Salem, wouldn't it? Steve Fritz has been there a number of times, whether it's been with football or basketball. It would be kind of cool if in his final year women could get to Salem for the final four themselves and Steve Fritz could get to Salem one last time as well. No pressure. And we're way too early to start predicting who's getting to Salem, obviously. But it would be kind of neat. Take another break. When we come back, uh, we will uh, take a couple of your quick questions and then uh, get ready to hear from our third guest. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. More Hoopsville right after this. I coined my definition of success in 1934. My definition of success is peace of mind attained only through self-satisfaction and knowing you made the effort to do the best of which you're capable. It's like reputation and character. Reputation is what others perceive you to be. Character is what you are. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. Something I discovered in myself is that if I have a goal, I can accomplish it. It's a well-rounded experience. At a Division III school, you primarily a student-athlete, so the school is really shaped around you developing yourself as a complete individual. It helps a lot that you have a family with your team that can guide you. Welcome back to Hoopsville. I'm Dixie Jeffers from Capital University and a member of the Women's Basketball Coaches Association. We hope you enjoy the show. Now back to Dave. Thanks to Coach for doing that. We have enjoyed those from our WBCA partners. Uh, we have some new ones coming. We throw in an old one there for good measure, but uh, some new ones coming. We'll uh, get those aired at some point. Again, I want to thank our partnerships with the NABC, the WBCA. And others to come soon. We've uh, enjoyed their uh, assistance of our programming, as it were, and appreciate their time. We should have mentioned we've got a bunch of games that are going on today. It's actually kind of a busy Sunday, which is uh, abnormal, certainly. We mentioned Illinois Wesley, number 12 ranked, uh, taking number 7 ranked Chicago. And Chicago getting that win in women's basketball, 77-76. George Fox taking on Cal Lutheran uh, this evening. Speaking of George Fox, who will be taking on... Uh, St. Thomas here next week. Uh, according to this, it hasn't even started on the live stats, so we're not sure if that game was supposed to be scheduled or not. Uh, we'll try and keep an eye out on what's going on with that. It says it should have started an hour ago. Maybe that's 7.30 uh, West Coast time, but usually that would have compensated on my end. Uh, number 20, Christopher Newport got up on Virginia Wesleyan in women's basketball, 77-52, to get things started. We mentioned NYU women's basketball having a new coach. Well, they're off to a rough start. Staten Island beat them 53-43 
in the opener. MIT was on earlier with their women's team started the day with a win, 65-57 over Endicott. Endicott's the first opponent on the men's side coming up. So some games obviously underway. By the way, Stevens defeated Catholic, 57-52, Catholic women's basketball. Be interesting to watch. I don't know if they're going to be as strong as we've gotten used to, but Stevens is always good, so that's a good, nice, early uh, non-top 25 game. And Stevens got the victory in that one. Quickly look over the men's side of things. Whitman beat Letourneau 104-90. According to our Ryan Scott, 14 guys scored for Whitman. They looked pretty sloppy and still rolled over a very good tournament quality quality team in Letourneau. So that's a fascinating top 25 game uh, in a non-receiving votes category in Letourneau, number four in Whitman. Of course, I had them number two. Um, I thought Whitman was six. Ah, I'm losing track. Whitworth was six. That's right. We mentioned Illinois Wesleyan getting over Chicago, 81-73. Emery's in, in, is playing against Piedmont right now, uh, and they're apparently rolling them. Though uh, Ryan Scott says Roman Williams is one for 14 in that game. Uh, Lynchburg got a win over St. Mary's today. Surprisingly close there, 83-80. Gettysburg and Lebanon Valley took uh, played up. Uh, Val got that win over Gettysburg, 84-80. Remember, new head coach at Gettysburg this season after Andrew Petrie retired in the offseason. That new head coach is uh, uh, the former Vassar head coach and Coach Dune. So a little bit of a... Not a great, well, you don't want to start with your first loss, certainly. A Yeshiva lost today to FDU Florham. Yeshiva led by 18 in the second half and lost to Florham by 1, 69-68. Not a good start for Yeshiva, to say the least. By the way, Wesley played Towson today, uh, and actually within 30 points of them. That's not too bad. What else? Uh, Franklin Marshall, we mentioned over Albright, 81-74, without Glenn Robinson, who we mentioned was out earlier um, due to illness. And I think there were some other games in there. Linfield defeated Evergreen State. No surprise there, 105-75. Um, so there you go. That's kind of a look at what's going on in, in with scores today um, as, as teams get rolling. I'm just double-checking, make sure there isn't anybody else with any comments before we take another break and get to our next guest. Um, as we have, uh, we will hear from, I should say. Well, here we go. We should hear from... Uh, Mike McGarvey here coming up shortly, the two-time All-America in the past, or Sinus. Sinus, by the way, got a big win um, over uh, Roanoke. That was that loss that Roanoke took uh, earlier this week or between Thursday and now, which kind of surprised a lot of us. Um, Roanoke made up for that with a with a dominating win the next night, but her Sinus uh, got an early surprise victory. I, we're going to get a lot of those. Again, I think there's a little bit of gremlins in starting the season this year with a lot of teams um, not absolutely prepared to start. I got to check another team off of the uh, I've seen them list. I got to go and do the official tally. I've not updated my 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 database. Gordon, Pat, and I at least, I don't know if Ryan's joined in, kind of keep track of how many programs we've seen, and you have to see at least a half a game for it to count, and thus – how many gyms we've seen games in. And again, you have to see half a game. So, for example, I've seen the DeVos Center. I have not seen a game in the DeVos Center. So, oh, no. Is that right? No, I've been the DeVos Center. That's Hope. Oh, that counts. But I have not seen Hope Women, uh, interesting enough. But it's Calvin's site. I've seen their site, but not seen a game in. So I can't count it as having seen a game in. Um, anyway, I get to add Valley Forge to that list. Uh, got a nice young coach there. Uh, they certainly are um, a young program. 
I'm still getting used to Division Three to some degree, but it was nice to add them to the list nonetheless. A reminder, we will be on the air Thursday at 7 o'clock and then next Sunday at 7 o'clock Eastern Time. Then we will take a break for Thanksgiving, and then we will be back underway the following Sunday of Thanksgiving weekend. Here's what we can confirm in the next three shows, or next few shows. Uh, this Thursday show, we look to, like we'll be talking to Karen McGarvey. Um, uh, Karen McGarvey the head coach of Montclair State Women's Basketball, but also this year's Women's Basketball Committee chair. She will be joining us. Uh, she got re-upped, and i got to double-check with the timing on this. I think she got re-upped this year. If it wasn't this year, it was last year. For a four-year term, after serving only about two years in the Mid-Atlantic region. Remember, she replaced, uh, this is a little bit inside politics, but she replaced Dave Martin, who had been at Misericordia, but then moved to Scranton. Oh, no, that's not true. Oh, she's in the Atlantic. That's right. Dave Martin was in the Atlantic and at Misericordia as athletics director, became chair of the Women's Basketball Committee, then took a job uh, two years into that at Scranton. Well, Scranton's in the Mid-Atlantic. Mid-Atlantic already had um, Haverford's head coach. And so, yeah. So anyway, Karen took over for Dave. She got re-upped on that term as a result of that. So she is the chair with a lot of years left. That'll be fascinating to see how that plays out. She will come on our show, uh, most likely live, next Thursday, the show coming up. Thursday show we'll have her on and then the Sunday of Thanksgiving Sam Atkinson the men's basketball committee chair he's the Gallaudet uh, I believe assistant or associate athletics director and I apologize those are two different distinctions but I can't remember which one he is uh, but sports information director he will join us right here in studio I am not kidding you folks he will be in studio most likely on the other side of this table, we will rejigger our camera shots a little bit to make that work. We'll talk about these uh, jerseys on my uh, desk later. But he will be in studio to talk about things and answer your questions. Whether he's live or not, we haven't decided yet. Your questions may have to come in early, but we will figure that out at a later date. But he will be here the Sunday after Thanksgiving. So those are the things to look out for. We'll take another break. When we come back, we uh, head to Lycoming and talk to the head coach. The new head coach, Mike McGarvey, the two-time All-American, is back in Division Three as a head coach. We'll talk to him about what he thinks he has ahead of himself at Lycoming. You listen to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com. And, of course, our system just crashed again, uh, it appears. So this is how this <laughs> two shows in a week. And this has happened. And trust me, folks, it's not the computer. It is definitely all the software. Um we are still streaming, and I know that. We will lose the Facebook stream, and I apologize. We're not going to be able to get that up and running in time when we get back, once we get this thing um, kind of tidied up, as it were. Um, I'm just waiting for the system to allow us to, to do something else here. Uh, so YouTube, you're going to get a little bit of a break here until we get things up and running again. Um, Facebook, we're going to lose you. And I apologize. This has happened now two Sundays in a row. We have tested everything. We have looked at everything. We have triple checked everything everything works uh this is clearly a software th reason and now you're seeing reason number two tonight why we need to look at new software which is not the easiest uh thing college basketball lives in kansas city at the college basketball experience at sprint center the college basketball experience is the place to get your game on it's not a museum it's an experience you won't forget discover the history of the game in the national collegiate basketball hall of fame featuring the gallery of honor Mentor Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. 
Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division III student athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. This is why we love sports. It's in the way they play, free from the pressures and all the money talk. Playing for simply the love of the game, where everyone has a shot at their definition of success on and off the field. This is what we love about sports and what we can still love about college sports. got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Welcome back to Hoops Hill, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. By the way, it looks like we saved our Facebook stream. There's the advantages to making sure you save the uh, stream key uh, when you're unable to, uh, or when you're able to, I should say. We weren't able to last Sunday. Looks like we were too this time. Well, we have some work to do, certainly before Thursday's show, when we mentioned Karen Harvey will be joining us uh, from Montclair State, but we'll cross that bridge later. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. Of course, you can tweet us at D3Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com, or join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Uh, we have not been retweeting from the D3Hoops account. That's because the D3Hoops account currently is unavailable. Long story, but uh, hopefully it's back up and running sometime soon. All right, so unique opportunity. I don't know if we've ever done this before. Having a chance to talk to a former player who's come back to Division Three as a head coach. Now, that's not unique. What's unique is that this individual happens to be a two-time All-America selection when he played at Ursinus. Ronk, on an email, mentioned, reminded us all of his freshman year how good he was for that Ursinus squad. He ended up being an All-American in 2005 and 2006. Joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline, it's the head coach of the Lycoming Men's program, first year head coach. Welcome back to Division Three, Mr. Mike McGarvey. Hey, thanks. Uh, I, I, what a great welcome that was. I appreciate it. But uh, I'm happy to be with you. And thanks for everything you do for Division Three uh, athletics. Obviously, I've been around quite a while from my playing days, and uh, and I followed you uh, all the way through. So I appreciate it. Well, thanks, Mike. Uh, we we know you were stalking uh, Division Three while you were in Division One. <laughs> we we uh, we considered you dead temporarily until you came back to Division Three. So we're glad you're back. Uh, <laughs> um, I appreciate it. We'll tap into that into that D one experience in just a little bit because I find something really interesting and in, in, in something I've touched on in the past. But we'll get to that. First off, you have been in the mix. For, whether people realize it or not, I certainly know because I've I, I've got my ears to the grindstone. Whether I want them to be in the off season or not, I got enough people going. Hey, Dave, um, throughout the season, <laughs> off season, let me know who's involved with what coaches searches. You've been involved with a number of coaches searches in Division Three, especially. 
now this lie coming job comes along when their head coach, who's an alum of Western Connecticut, takes the Western Connecticut job. I'm curious what drove you to apply to the Warriors job. And let me preface that by saying nothing disrespectful to lie coming, but could possibly the reason be you were just putting your resume out there to all comers to see where you could find a fit? No, actually, that that's not the case. And, I, you know, I've actually was pretty selective um, and fortunate to have a good run at, at Colgate University as an assistant coach for seven years. And um, we turned around a program that, you know, we, we took over the job and went from seven wins until last year when we had the most wins in the history of the, of the school um, and, and certainly the most wins in the history of the Patriot League since Colgate's been in it. Um, so be, with that success, um, I started to feel like I was prepared enough to, to be a head coach. Um, but I was selective in what type of schools I was, I was looking at. And um, for me, it came down to a few things. The first thing being academics. I played at Ursinus College, a small liberal mm-hmm. arts college. I worked there, um, and then I went over to Colgate, another liberal arts college uh, with strong athletics as well. Um, so the liberal arts college scene, was, was it's part of me. It's what I believe in. So I was looking for a school that, that had that, like Homing being a tier one liberal arts college in the nation was really attractive. And then athletics, you know, basketball has been important to me my entire life. And uh, when I looked at Lycoming, it's got a rich tradition in athletics in general, but certainly with men's basketball. And in the recent history with Coach Rancourt, who um, was before me and is now at, at Western Connecticut State, as you mentioned earlier, uh, had a chance to be here for 10 seasons and win 180 games, win a couple of MAC championships, and, and play on a national scale. And for me, that was really exciting as well. And then the last thing I was looking at in, uh, in a search to become a head coach was the community. And when I had a chance to speak with President Tracty here at Lycoming and the athletic director, Mike Clark, and uh, the, many of the coaches and the, the alumni that have been here and uh, know the school as well as anybody, uh, I, I knew for me it was important that, that we would be at a school like Lycoming for our family to grow. And I've got a little one, a two-year-old, and another one on the way. So for our family to be in this type of community and, and to have the balance of academics and athletics, it, it was just a great fit. Uh, listen, Williamsport is not exactly the easiest place to get to, uh, Mike. Uh, I've driven through it or to it on a number of occasions, including all the way to the Lycoming campus, for for reasons we don't need to dive into. Well, how quickly you forget I'm coming from Hamilton, New York. Well, I was going to – no, no. The irony of it all being was sometimes I'm driving near that neck of the woods to get to Hamilton. Um, by the way, I'd be a little lost if I came right. through Williamsport. But right, right. No, listen, you certainly, yeah, I was going to say, you certainly are familiar with that kind of town. It, it's it's bigger than people realize. Obviously, Williamsport put on the map a little bit with Little League Baseball, but outside of that, there's nothing that puts it on the map. But you are from that upstate New York area, that Utica, Hamilton, uh, neck of the woods, as it were, at least sure. from your Colgate experience. That must feel comfortable to you because I would imagine if it was – the, the version of you that was from, you know, the Ursinus, which is a little bit more of a busier outside Philadelphia area, that's not as much of an attractive idea. I'm guessing that, but you have some <laughs> comfortability is what I'm trying to get at. No, you're right. And, you know, and, and, and there is a big difference just in terms of the population. Hamilton, New York, when I was at Colgate, is a, a village of 3,000 people. And when, when school was in session, the population doubled. Um, and here is a little bit more of a metropolitan area with, you know, about 40,000 people in the surrounding towns. Sure. And 
and in Williamsport. Um, but also, my wife and I are both from Pennsylvania. We're both our sinus grads. We have a lot of family that, that's uh, that's close by. So uh, for us, even though some people might think Williamsport is kind of off the track, for us, it, it gets us a little bit closer to home and within two and a half hours to major cities like Philadelphia and Baltimore and you know, three hours to New York and D.C., and uh, I think it's a really great recruiting base for, for our school. Two and a half hours to Baltimore? Yeah, it depends on when you leave. Yeah, yeah and the weather, <laughs> police yeah, officers. The weather. <laughs> Certainly in the summer when I went to visit my uh, my current players. Certainly. It took that long. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, let's quickly touch on her sinus. Let's work our way back to this job by going back to her sinus. Uh, okay. You were a finalist for the Jostens Trophy in 20, 2006, two-time All-American, um, two-time Conference Player of the Year in the Centennial. Your your jersey number 11 is retired by Air Sinus. Uh, you helped them. It was the Final Four, if memory serves. Um, the Coast Guard nearly ruined that for you. Um, <laughs> w- what was it about that experience? Because you then, as you mentioned, latched on as an assistant coach for a few years before moving on. What about that experience told you, yeah, I do want to get into coaching, and yeah, I, I do want to make this part of my life? Well, well, let's not get it confused here. I wanted to be a player as long as I could possibly be a player. So. <laughs> sure. i give you that. I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so in my undergraduate studies and uh, playing college ball at Ersinus, we had some good teams and a lot of success, played in four postseasons and three NCAA tournaments and you know, I was a big part of that. So personally, uh, you know, I thought I would have a chance and aspire to play professional basketball. And uh, when some of those breaks didn't come along in 2006, fresh out of, uh, you know, right right upon graduation, um, uh, I had a break uh, and a really good break. The assistant coach that had recruited me and coached me for four years at her sinus went to the Petty School in Princeton, New Jersey, and became the head basketball coach there. And um, I had a really, really good relationship and still do with Kevin Small, who's who's the head coach at her sinus college. Mm-hmm. And he said, hey, we're losing an assistant and, and you're not playing anywhere. And <laughs> do you want to kind of check this thing out, right? And, um, and I jumped in and, uh, you know, I was with him for four years before moving on to, uh, to Colgate. But, um, you know, once I got into it and I learned how to recruit and I learned how to game plan and I could see – all the reasons that we were successful as a team when I was a player, and I could see the the office side of it and, and what went into making our team so successful. Um, it, it really just uh, my energy was up, and um, you know I could tell that I had a passion for it. Uh, and I think as I grew over those four years in the system with Coach Small, I think I, I started to learn like, yeah, I, I can make a profession out of this. Um, you then did leave for Colgate uh, after a few years uh, at her sinus. What was the draw? I mean, we, we're familiar that, and this is where I'm diving into this one, that this conference is a bit of yeah. a Division three hotbed. Uh, Joe McCallick is an assistant at Penn. You've got Nate um, uh, at, 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 at Bucknell along with, with the women's program, former Division three coaches. We certainly, the, the Patriot League is full of Division three roots. But what right. drew you to Colgate and what drew you to Division one? Because that's a beast of a different kind. Sure. Well, the opportunity. So Coach Langle, I was fortunate when he was leaving Temple to take the Colgate job. I had gotten to know him over the previous three years, back from 2008 to 2011. And um, just being a Philadelphia guy and and being at similar recruiting events and and, uh, getting to know him a little bit really helped because when he had the opportunity, uh, I was fortunate that 
he saw something in me that maybe I could be successful at Colgate doing some of the things that I was doing at Ursinus and gave me an opportunity to jump from Division three to Division one. And at the time, I was really excited about it because I had aspirations of being a Division three head coach. Um, and, you know, having that Patriot League experience, having a chance to learn what Division one basketball is all about, uh, managing a budget, recruiting nationally and internationally, uh, I thought that all those things would, you know, really help me and better prepare me for when I did get a crack at, at being a head coach in Division Three. Um, so I jumped all in, and and, uh, and I was fortunate that it all worked out. You were there longer than you expected. About about what you expected. I mean, I've talked to some others who have been assistants in that league, and some <laughs> have purposely stayed there for a period of time to get as much experience before they take a dive back into Division Three or somewhere else, and whether it's assistant or D1 or whatever, uh, or head coach. But I, seven years, I, I don't know. I mean, as a tea leave guy, reader, I don't, I don't know what to make of that. Did, did you want to be there as long as you were, or, or was it just missed opportunities? No, I don't know if it was either, really. Um, I don't know if I put a time frame on, on my experience at Colgate. When, I, when we got there, we had a lot of work to do, and it was a lot of fun and exciting to sure. kind of build a program. Um, and then as you know, into my tenure at, at Colgate, I got married, started to have a family. and now um, that changes you know, everything. It, it, it changes a lot. <laughs> and Coach, Lang- Coach Langle, his entire perspective and how he runs the entire program, it's really a family-based um, a commitment uh, at Colgate basketball. And, you know, the university is with a town of 3,000 people. A lot of the faculty, staff members, you know, the athletic coaches, and a lot of young families are, are really tight and close. Yeah. Um, so that part of, of my life was, was really exciting, and we were still building, and we were still growing, and I was learning a ton as, and getting more responsibility as it goes on. So uh, I wouldn't say it was missed opportunity. Uh, I wouldn't say I stayed longer than, than I thought I would. Um, I just think it was, it was a really great time and great experience, and um, I was looking for the right spot when I did make the move. How many people show up at Colgate looking for Hamilton College? <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the quirkiest thing, man. It's a lot. It's a lot. And my wife, actually, when we first moved up there, she worked in Clinton, New York, which is where Hamilton <laughs> College is located. Oh, no. So, you know, uh, yeah, that threw everybody. Oh, was... yeah, that's not helpful. So you're you're in Hamilton going and working at Colgate. She's at Hamilton, but not in Hamilton? <laughs> Correct. Got yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah. No, I know exactly. that neck of the woods pretty well. Uh, I, I, got, I, I, think, got, I got roots I think... to Hamilton College. I think Coach Stockwell might be the only person that, that knows that area as, as much as we do. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, about 30 minutes apart. I have a choice on Route 12 to hang a left or to hang a right when heading north to Utica. If I hang a left onto 128, or 12B, I think it is actually, I can head into, yeah, head into Colgate. Uh, but it always says Hamilton on it. I'm like, no, but Hamilton's much further north. It, it, for a few years, it threw me for a loop. Uh, That's the truth. Yeah, uh, yeah, awesome. Um, let's talk about the team. Be remiss if we didn't. Off to a 2-0 start. Congratulations. Um, obviously, the, just about the start you wanted. Uh, you beat uh, Penn, St- Penn State Scully Kill. Yeah, that's a mouthful. 99-86, and then uh, defeated Marywood 89-82. Uh, you'll take on Juniata and Susquehanna in a not-so-formal MAC uh, landmark challenge there. <laughs> uh, what are you, what are you making of this season that you got ahead of you on a schedule that you pretty much didn't build? Yeah, I think you know the weekend was great. Um, it was an awesome chance for us to get a look at you know what the team was going to be and how prepared we were to compete against two pretty good teams. And uh, Friday night, Penn State's Google played really well, and 
you know, I think at one point we were down, you know, with four minutes left and the CR guys kind of kick it into gear and finish the game really well. I was really proud of that effort. Um, and then uh, Saturday presented another challenge. And, and as a first year head coach, you don't really know how your team's going to be, you know, respond after a Friday night game and, and be able to play for something meaningful on Saturday afternoon. Um, but our guys were really focused and, you know, we had the lead for, for most of that game against Marywood um, and, uh, and, you know, withstood a, a late run from Marywood to win the game on Saturday. So I was really happy with the weekend. Um, we have a quick turnaround here, as you mentioned. We go to Juniano on Tuesday, and then we have a little bit of time to prepare for Susquehanna next week. Um, but, you know, my expectations are to just keep improving, uh, and we're learning a lot about each other. Uh, my team's learning about me. I'm learning about my guys. And, and as long as we keep on making a step towards, you know, getting an improvement, get better each day, you know, I'm happy with that. You're also walking into what may be top to bottom one of the most competitive conferences. Uh, don't confuse that, people out there, with me saying it's it's one of the best conferences. It is, though, top to bottom one of the most competitive in the MAC Commonwealth. You, you It's almost like the Big Ten in football. It's going to be tough going every single night. You haven't really been in that mix in a while. How long do you think it's going to take you to kind of get, get used to the Messiahs and the Arcadias, the Love Bells, and the like? Yeah, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna work pretty hard to prepare myself as best I can to help the team be ready. And um, but yeah, I think every single night, and I told our guys after the game on Friday, especially we had, we had three freshmen that played significant minutes. That you know, college basketball, it's hard to win any game, um, let alone a conference game. And when you're talking about the MAC Commonwealth, you're talking about a lot of teams that know each other really well, that are very well coached. Um, that have a lot of really good players, and whether you're on the road or you're at home, it's it's going to be a challenge. Um, so the the quicker that we can prepare, I think we start. You know, November 28th is our first yeah. game against Albright. Um, the the quicker we can understand that and we can prepare each and every day in practice, I think the better off the team will be. But uh, really looking forward to it. Well, I look, uh, I appreciate you uh, coming on the show. I looked forward to this uh, when we booked it, Me and too. I appreciate the time you took. Um, quick, we always have our final throw at you, but one last question before I let you go. You are a former sure. All-America, um, <laughs> and you now are coaching. You've now kind of really officially seen both sides of this thing. How much can you use that All-America experience when talking to players now or trying to recruit them or, or trying to bring them on, on board? Or does that All-America stuff, that's the past and, and not really relevant? Well, it's... It, it, you make a point. It is the past. It's not all that relevant um, in, in terms of coaching the team. Uh, but what I think it does give me an opportunity to do, maybe uniquely um, compared to maybe some other coaches, is that I, I can talk to players about my experience and how I felt about college basketball in Division Three, how important it was to me, um, the things that I went through to be successful at the highest of levels, and um, and offer those types of experiences uh, to, to the players that I get a chance to recruit and coach. Um, and for me, you know, I, I was one of those guys who thought I was a Division One kid all throughout high school. And when I sit with families and, and I sit with really talented players, I can now offer some perspective to say, hey, you might be a Division One kid, but there's only 350 Division One schools with limited opportunities, so come be a Division One player in Division Three. And um, I feel like I live that somewhat, and uh, and, I, and it's something that I will rely on as I I move forward as a head coach. Well, looking forward to seeing how it goes. Thank your daughter for letting us have some time from you tonight. Um, I thank my family all the time too. Uh, as always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? No, I just want to appreciate everybody's support um, social media, especially since you posted that I'd be on tonight. I think there's a lot of people that have reached out that are in tune with Division Three basketball. And, um, you know, I just want to thank them for all their support and wishing us well. 
uh, thank you for having me on and, and look forward to a great season for everyone. We look forward to seeing how it all works out. Thanks, uh, Mike. Appreciate it. Take care, and we'll talk soon. Thanks, Dave. Have a good night. Absolutely. Mike McGarvey joining us here on the Hoopsville Hotline again. Two-time All-America at your sinus. Uh, nothing against Ursinus, but that was the heyday of Ursinus basketball so far. They certainly have been good, and they're trying to get back to that. But that was, I mean, that was the zenith for that program. It was fun to see them play, and he was very good. Nice to see him back in Division Three as a head coach. We'll see how light coming uh, does down the road. We're going to take a quick break, come back, wrap things up, put a nice bow on it, get a couple of your questions taken care of, and try and all button it up as fast as we can. You listen to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. We'll be back with more Hoops Hope right after this. Or not. The darn thing. <laughs> what we're going to do, folks, is uh, the system has decided to freeze up on us again. So what we're going to do is... We're going to allow the system to kind of crash itself, restart, and then we'll come back. That will literally be our commercial break. So, And we're back. Thanks for bearing with us on another crash there, folks. Uh, we're back up and running. I think we even saved the Facebook stream. Not 100% sure, though, according to my, uh, web, according to, to my system, it doesn't look like it's there, but we'll double-check. Um, thanks to all our guests for being on the show. Thanks to you, those who tuned in and stuck with us on YouTube. Uh, we should be back up. You should be getting us. Um, according to our system, we are running, so we apologize uh, for any issues that may have popped up. Uh, according to uh, Facebook, we did save it, so awesome. Um, all right, so let's put a bow on this show. First and foremost, um, got a couple of questions I wanted to get to. Uh, let's see if I can find them. Hold on. Here we are. And of course, this is saying uh, I think we're pretty good on YouTube. Anyway. Uh, one of the questions we got was any predictions or thoughts for the Skyline Conference this year? Uh, Skyline men, I think, is probably the topic there. I think Yeshiva is the team to beat once again. Um, I don't see any reason why that would change. There's some decent teams in the Skyline, but it's not one of the best conferences to uh, to talk about. Um, but uh, I think Yeshiva, yeah, they lost after you floor them. I think that's more about Yeshiva finding themselves. Now, Aloof's not back this season from what we can tell. I assume we'll learn more about that at a future date. I hope we will. Um, but I think he'll be back in the future, just not for this season. They There was a lot of talk about a D1 transfer they got. What I learned from that was don't make a lot of news out of that. It's not necessarily a, a big deal. Um, but then they had some other talent come in, and I've seen some of that talent in, in videos that have been shared to me, and I think um, they certainly could be a pretty good talent. So I think that's that's the team to watch out for in the skyline on the men's side. It's it's going to be a battle. The skyline is is tough in itself. Uh, certainly not one of the tougher conferences in the country, but it's certainly proven to be uh, a less than enjoyable conference for those who had to play in it. Um, and we sometimes get some of the wackier results in that conference too. Don't forget. But you've got let's see. I mean, Merchant Marine, I, I don't think we're going to be worried about too much. Last year, Farmingdale State certainly helped lead the way with SUNY Purchase. Those two teams will probably be back and playing pretty well again this year. Uh, it might end there, but we might get some uh, some surprises. Old Westbury's always known to kind of emerge and start playing well, so we'll keep an eye on it. But I think Yeshiva should be a favorite, and I think Yeshiva should be a favorite for good reasons. Uh, was thought there might have been another question. Let's double check in case we missed it. I don't think so. Maybe maybe I'm missing it. Uh, let me double check Twitter because I know we got a couple questions at one point on there. 
Matt Lewis says, great-looking jersey in the background. He noticed the new jersey over my right-hand shoulder. It's the Oshkosh jersey, but that gives us a chance to mention the two we have here. The Sorry, Ira is going to be angry, but our, our previous one on the door is sitting back here in the Gothic Knights of New Jersey City. We're just trying to move things around. We have two more here. John Carroll sent us a jersey. So did Nazareth. Nazareth sent us a jersey we mentioned last year of number 11, which is significant in program history. Um, we will find places to hang them all uh, with Sam coming in. And this studio going to be seen in a little bit wider light. We will be uh, decorating a few more places to put jerseys. So we will find new homes. We can even put another one on that door, believe it or not. So uh, more jerseys will be hung here soon enough. We're tweaking this studio, something we could not do in the offseason. But we'll continue to work on that uh, moving forward. So I want to thank everybody. But that's why we wanted the Nazareth and John Carroll jerseys here, especially John Carroll, whose SID, Chris Wentzler, is battling cancer. We wish our best to him. Um, and those who've been supporting by, by either shaving their heads uh, completely or to a buzz cut haven't been able to do that for ourselves for varying reasons. We've thought about it, though. Um, I want to also thank, we always thank um, on, this, on this program, the sports information directors who help us. Uh, and, of course, tonight they would be Gene McGovern from St. Thomas, Ken Johnson at MIT, and, and Joe Gustina at, at Lycoming. This actually today, well, not today, uh, in a couple of days, wraps up the Thank Your SID Week, um, part of the COSIDA Recognition Week of its members, College Sports Information Directors of America. But Thank Your SID, hashtag Thank Your SID. And we always thank the SIDs here, sometimes not by name, and there's varying reasons for that. Sometimes it's because also we realize we didn't write them down and we don't want to screw them up. Um, but today we wrote them down. Again, Gene, Ken, and Joe. But uh, we can't do this show without the help of sports information directors, and it's always helpful when they are helpful with us, whether it's getting us a guest at the last moment or helping us weeks in advance on guests. Some will get us uh, pictures that we request that we need for promotional reasons or for production reasons. We also have some who send us video. There's lots who do a lot of things, whether it be small or a lot, that help us do this program. And so for that, we thank sports information directors tremendously. I used to work in several sports information, uh, still technically do work in several sports Sports information offices and so i appreciate that the work that they do especially in division three where if you may not realize it a lot of them are one-man shops or their assistants tied up with other programs as an assistant coach or whatnot so thanks to everybody out there uh from the sports information directors realm for the help that you give us here on hoopsville we greatly appreciate it especially those who also help us at d3hoops.com some of them uh, without any fanfare and so here is your fanfare uh, congratulations and hashtag thank your SID. That's going to wrap it up for us. We'll be back on the air Thursday, as I mentioned, hopefully with a little bit better software and computer. Clearly, we're going to need to work on some things. <laughs> um, we, uh, I will be busy with basketball also this week. I got a bunch of games this week. I think I've got, I'm on the call of, oh, at least seven games, maybe more. i got to double-check my calendar. So looking forward to diving full bore into that. But don't forget, Thursday we'll be back on the air at 7 o'clock Eastern time, followed by Sunday at 7 o'clock Eastern time, then a Thanksgiving break, and then back the following Sunday uh, as we get fully into the season at this point in time. A lot of good games coming up. Uh, we hope you'll pay attention to those. Uh, go to d3hoops.com. We've got scoreboards there. You can certainly keep track of what's going on around the country. By the way, Emory defeated Piedmont 98-80 in a relatively easy game there for Emory. Babson and Johnson and Wales are in overtime, by the way. How's that for you? Johnson and Wales, though, with an eight-point lead, according to this. 
Right near the end of overtime, 84-76. So J&W going to get a big win over Babson, who's fallen just a little bit from its championship days not so long ago. And with that, we sign off. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Appreciate taking the time. You've been listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. And presented by D3Hoops.com, of course, as we mentioned, thanks to them and everybody. And again, check out D3Hoops.com. Ryan Scott will have another article this week. We'll get posted. And you can certainly find more stories there, including the latest on the Glenn Robinson decision to um, um, take a little bit of time off here at the beginning of this season uh, to recover from illness. Speaking of which, Mickey at um, Franklin Marshall, I want to thank him, too, for for calling me back. Sports Information Director, as aforementioned, uh, calling me back with information to help us better understand uh, Coach Robinson's situation. Um, anyway. My point being, uh, also want to thank the WBCA and the NABC for their support and our future sponsors and supporters who will be coming in in the near future. You've been listening to Hoopsville. Thanks for taking the time, whether it's on live and bearing with us through our technical issues, whether it's on demand uh, and bearing through some of the technical glitches that are probably popping up on demand as well, or through the podcast, which seems relatively clean in comparison. Uh, I want to thank you for taking the time. Tell your friends about us. Also, don't forget the D3 Boards, d3boards.com. Go down to posting up to talk about basketball or any other sports we have on there. The more, the merrier. The more we get to chat about Division Three, the more fun this season is. And, of course, that includes Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Have a good evening. We'll talk to you on Thursday. You've been listening to Hoopsville, and this copyrighted broadcast is the possession of Mac Productions and myself, David McHugh. Any use of it without express written permission of us is prohibited. We want you to enjoy D3, but at least check with us first. Good night, everybody.